0: Hi, everybody, it's Jamie, your friendly neighborhood dungeon manager. Before we start the episode, we just want to point out that The Witcher is a show that contains a lot of extreme violence, potentially sensitive themes, and has some visuals that some people might find troubling. And while we try to cover these things as sensitively as possible, sometimes our discussion might delve into some content that some listeners might find troubling so we just wanted to let you know before we get started but like i said we do our best to keep it tasteful and respectful and now on to the episode Hello, fantasy fans, and welcome to Swords & Satire, the podcast where we turn low fantasy into high art. I'm your dungeon manager, Jamie Molkel, here with my mutant co-hosts.
1: I'm Chelsea Hollowell, a, an unhinged witch who just wants to, you know, get some peace and quiet, have some alone time in the mountains, maybe transport myself around, you never know.
0: That sounds nice.
1: Yeah. When you're a witch, you can just go wherever you want. You don't need a plane ticket. You know, you don't need a train nor automobiles.
0: No That's planes, right. trains, or automobiles, huh? <laughs> yeah. So John Candy would not approve.
1: No.
2: A real shame. John Candy is against witches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: you know, it, I mean, John Candy Witch Hunter is now a story that I want to write. So Holy hell. <laughs> You're I can't not wait. The
1: dude, I mean.
0: Yeah, that's true. We already kind of did that uh, a few months back when we watched The Seventh yeah. Son. Yeah. But you know, this could be like an
2: updated version of that too. It's but true. hey, who's my other co-host? Oh, that would be me. I'm Jack O'Lander, a bug created by a mad it... wizard whose destiny is to use its own knife hands to cut its head off. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that doesn't my seem existence like existence
2: a... is beautiful.
0: That seems like a rough destiny,
2: man. That's hard. You know, we get what we get and we don't throw a fit. <laughs> That's what I was taught.
1: You seem like you're a cute little bug and you have a great relationship with your your you know your human assassin master.
2: <laughs> yeah. It works. It doesn't pay, but it works. <laughs>
0: and guys, we can't talk about the witcher without a witchy friend.
3: <laughs> oh my gosh i like that introduction i am casey uh a bard who um gets into a lot of trouble
0: Yay. <laughs> <laughs> that tracks i've known you for a long time that sounds right to me
1: whose mouth writes checks that your um
0: loot can't handle <laughs>
1: yeah. <Yes. laughs> yeah
0: well you're following a fine tradition of our friend jaskier so Mm-hmm.
1: Who I can never remember how his name is pronounced.
0: <laughs> just say dandelion. <laughs> you know that's for the real Witcher fans. Uh. <laughs> oh. Gatekeeping the Witcher. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, no gatekeeping here. I'm just kidding. Nice. I, I think Jaskier is a cool name, actually. Yeah. And so Brad. is dandelion. I don't know. I don't. I'm not. I don't have a strong preference one way or the other. But guys, this week we're talking about The Witcher, season one, obviously, because that's all this out. Episode four of Banquets, Bastards, and Burials. My three favorite bees.
1: And why are we watching an episode of The Witcher?
0: Because this is Satire TV, our mini <laughs> Where or our I'm sorry, our bi weekly uh, short form, kind of, sort of short form series where we talk about a TV show instead of a movie.
1: I mean, and these episodes are 10 to 15 minutes shorter <laughs> than our regular ones. I was going to say counts. they're
3: just as
0: long. <laughs> <laughs> Many. Yeah. We, can, yep. we,
1: we love to talk. What can I say? I mean... Yeah. We have this podcast, so.
0: Yeah, I mean, as long as our producer, that's Chelsea, doesn't uh, like send us all nasty
2: emails, it's okay. <laughs> oh, I fear that day. You a nasty email day.
3: I feel like really Chelsea's should. gonna have a really hard time recapping this one in the summary, because this episode was all over the place.
2: Oh, I
0: know. I am yeah. really looking forward to this, and I was just about to say, hey, Chelsea, how about that nice, succinct, Summary and uh, takeaway. Good
3: luck. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Better do it five words or less.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is actually fun. We've done that before. One sentence each.
0: Geralt's got them gains.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we could try that again sometime. One sentence each. Oh, I we do like. We only it. get one sentence to try to re- recap one part of it. And we build up. We did that all three of us one time. So I don't know if you guys want to do that right yeah, now. Yeah.
0: We, we could do one sentence to summarize each of the timelines. I like that. Mm-hmm. Let's try it.
1: Sounds like a fun proposition.
3: Okay, so in series timeline, she basically just gets lost and then uh really high in the woods. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that pretty much covers exactly it, yeah.
3: Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's so accurate. Bro. She goes on like an ayahuasca trip in the woods. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's
0: about it. Nailed it. <laughs> Yo! Yeah. Okay, in Geralt and Jaskier's timeline, they go to a courtly wedding ceremony and hijinks ensue when a cursed knight shows up at the party.
2: It's true. Hijinks happen. That's for sure. In Yennefer's timeline, she has to try and help a princess escape from baby shark and a mad assassin. (laughs) It ends up with a baby burial instead. Hey. Warp, <laughs> Uh, trigger warning <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: for you baby. After the fact, you're like, oh yeah, we should probably do.
0: I guess. <laughs> I guess I assume we're talking about The Witcher. People probably should know by now. It's, <laughs> still, a show, it's yeah. still a good idea. It's still a good idea. You're not wrong. Maybe we'll, maybe this week we'll actually remember to record one and put it before we
2: start the episode. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I kind of like the post-script trigger. <laughs> and
1: you might be wondering what pulls together all these dis- disparate timelines. That would be...
0: Hot abs.
1: <laughs> a, a destiny, a story to be told, but also state brutality and the patriarchy.
0: Yeah, that pretty much covers it.
1: Staples of The
3: Witcher. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> All right, well, that pretty much covers our summary. Why don't we get into the episode?
3: I was going to say this episode felt the most Disney-esque to me. I don't know about you guys, (laughs) but like, (laughs) <laughs> because not in like terms because of Because of
0: all the abuse of the power.
3: <laughs> no, no. And not 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 because of um it's so horrible, but because okay, so like there's an opening scene where Geralt's taking a bath and he just sort of grunts and grumbles while Jasper is uh, like talking to him and he's yeah. like, you know, saying, like, you need to clean up and we need to get you to go to this like, you know, basically ball or whatever yeah, or like yeah. big ceremony. It's it's not a ball, it's a wedding, but and it reminds me of in Beauty and the Beast when Beast is, like, in the bathtub being grumbly and they're trying to convince him to get nice looking to take Belle to a dance. Yeah. Um,
0: and then, like... Oh, man.
3: Later at the wedding, um, uh, Queen calanthe is, like, you know, asking all of these different, like, uh, suitors from different regions to uh offer their hand in marriage to her daughter and her daughter is like not about any of them and i was like yeah. this feels like aladdin and jasmine like you know like she's like i don't want uh, any yes. of those you know wealthy princes i Give want me my... a knight yeah well i mean aladdin's not a knight but they're both kind <laughs> of like Give not respect sonic. it, yeah give me sonic the hedgehog <laughs> 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 and
1: you know this is what we get to see here is some crossovers starting to happen between geralt and series timelines because this is in the past of uh, in series timeline this is where you really get the first like true glimpse if you weren't paying attention to some snippets of dialogue or in earlier episodes this is where you really can tell like this is probably in the past for series timeline
0: that's a great point but you really cut off my ability to do a great sonic the hedgehog joke oh sorry (laughs) 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 guys you know why sonic's a great catch right why because he's got them gold rings oh Oh,
3: and i was gonna say there's another there's like a there's almost like a beauty and the beast transformation scene because uh
0: uh true love rough. kiss uh yeah, heals true, um the night yeah dooney. yeah
3: like yeah so dooney like goes from being sonic the hedgehog to uh a real a real boy uh,
1: yeah, yeah handsome boy movie. yeah, yeah.
0: Look,
1: i was saying lucky he's handsome and, and yeah Jimmy was like oh, he probably doesn't even know he's handsome because he <laughs> he got cursed when he was a kid
0: yeah that's rough that's rough life
3: yeah, so it—that's what I meant by Disney-esque. It had like a lot of these sort of like old fairy tale vibes yeah. to it.
1: This is also the ceremony where it's revealed that Queen Kalanthi is going to be marrying Iced.
0: Yeah, I was not sure if they had actually talked that, or if he, or if yeah. Ice was just like, you know what, I'm gonna fucking roll the dice right yeah. now. I mean, they're gonna marry the queen, yeah. or I'm gonna be dead in a minute. So. Yeah.
3: I like I was wondering if you guys like, because when I was watching it with my partner, Richard, he, like we both turned to each other and we were like, Was this established
0: anywhere I don't in this think episode?
3: So. Or does this just show up? Where like in the middle of a whole bunch of people trying to court Pavetta, all of a sudden another guy is like, and I'm gonna marry the queen <laughs> And it's like, Wait, what? Well-
0: I think he was taking the ultimate gambit.
1: Yeah, Yeah, probably. But also earlier, they were like making eyes at each other across the room before he said that. Yeah. And then um, when he was taking the sword away from her during the scuffle, um, their fingers touched Mm -hmm. for a second and lingered there. Guys, they fingered each
2: other. (laughs) Brutal. Uh, What is the wizard's name again? Mousak. Mouse sack.
1: Mouse sack.
2: (laughs) Yes. He was mentioning that Iced had proposed three times already and been rejected three times.
0: Mm. After the
2: king's death, I'm pretty sure. Or during, I'm not sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Could have been killing the king going, why won't you marry me? (laughs) Yeah. That would be very on
2: brand for The Witcher. It's true, but then, uh, yeah, he took a gamble there and was like, she agreed this time and was yep. just like, come on, come on. And she's like, yeah, you're he, right. He was yeah.
0: either, either going to get the vows or get a sword right in the belly. <laughs>
2: oh, shit. Yeah, you're right.
1: Before we get too deep into the themes, I had a piece of lore that I wanted to uh, mention, too. Nice. Um, We find out, the queen asks Geralt why there aren't more witchers why they're Ooh, a dying breed this is really good and he says that after the sacking of Kaer Morhen um their stronghold new witchers cannot be created so I think that there was knowledge that was lost of how to
3: create witchers when it was sacked
0: he's a he's the last of a dying breed
3: yeah and- I don't know anything about this franchise other than what I've seen in the shows. But my guess is he actually does know, but he's not going to share it because it's horrible. So he's just like, I'm going to let that lore die with me.
0: Yeah, probably. Uh, Geralt plays things real close to the chest.
3: Yeah. Which actually irritates me because like people, you know, at some point, Jaskier says to him, like, Oh, huh, what do you what do you want after this life? Like, what do you do when you retire? And he's like, yeah. I just die. And he's like, Don't you want anything for yourself? And he's like, <laughs> No. And I'm like, I I don't <laughs> I don't believe you, and I know that the show doesn't believe you, but I kind of just wish you would say what you want. I don't like this whole like I hide my feelings from everybody thing. It's I the whole witcher stoic thing.
1: It is the
0: witcher stoic thing, but I think it's also a little bit more a little bit more complicated than that. I think it's because he doesn't want to get his own hopes up because he knows that witchers die in the line of duty. It's like he could say what he really wants, but then he might give himself undue hope and, and kind of like give himself the wrong, uh, you know, he might like get sloppy someday or something. I think it's the the reasoning behind why he acts that way, because we saw in the last episode, while well, the king says that witchers are stripped of their emotions. We know that Geralt is not actually emotionless or callous really at all. It's it's very much kind of the way he defends himself against the world.
1: It's kind of like how they cope with what they do day to day, you know? Yeah.
0: And I mean, we've already seen other witchers get killed in the line of duty and Geralt was really kind of shaken by that when he was looking at um the body of the other witcher with Triss in episode three.
1: Well, they're brothers in arms and they're the only other beings like themselves.
0: Yeah. But also it's, it's it's kind of like having a job where, you know, you watch people get killed all the time and go like, Oh, this is what I am also doing. Like, I'm just as vulnerable to this.
1: Yeah. Like if you're a mutant.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You know, like a common career. There's
1: only a hundred other mutants out there. And one of them dies, you would feel some kind of kinship with them even yeah. briefly.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And
1: f- mourn their passing for sure.
2: He didn't even approve of the other witcher's business sense, really.
0: Yeah, but he still felt it when when he got yeah. killed.
1: One more it's thing true. I want to talk about before we get into the themes is the magic that we got to see in this episode which was really cool. I mean
0: Oh man, that th- magic is fucking wild, man.
1: I mean, we get to see more from Yennefer after it's been 30 years uh, that she's been at court.
0: Big time jump from the last episode.
1: But before we talk too much about her magic, I wanted to talk about Pavetta. I have in my notes, Pavetta pops off. Mm -hmm. She (laughs) just starts spouting elder magic. She starts chanting. In the Elder Tongue, which is Elvin.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know how you find your magic gift when you're, like, 20 or whatever, and you're at your courting ceremony, and, like, you're about to, like, take the hand of a cursed knight, and then suddenly you start chanting, and crazy tempest magic engulfs the room and almost kills everybody? (laughs) It's happened to all of us.
1: You know, some of us are late bloomers. I didn't really (laughs) start questioning my gender identity until I was in college, so.
0: I thought you were going to say until you're magical coming out.
1: <laughs> it's kind of like a magical coming out.
2: Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I didn't um, realize I was a Striga until I was 20. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, God. Aren't you still like 12?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Jack's revealing something Uh-oh. very
1: important because Strig- I thought only Striga were only female, unless that's a lie.
0: It's probably just like there's a one lot of, of coming out in one minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously, we're learning a lot about each other yeah. through our favorite TV show. And you
1: know what? We we love each other in all of our diversity. That's right. <laughs> but um, so Queen Calanthe is really
0: badass. Myst-
1: well, yeah, but she's mystified by her daughter's abilities after Geralt. Uses some of his cool warding spells to like sign. He knocks her out for a second or something. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a force of will that he kind of breaks her concentration for a moment and ends her basically like hurricane spell. Right. And um, Calanthe embraces her daughter and accepts her decision to marry Dooney. And she
0: not lit- after not before trying to kill him though.
1: She mentions that...
0: A couple of times.
1: So this, I feel like all of this, I have a lot of questions about Pavetta and the magic that runs in their family because Queen Calanthe says to Pavetta, I thought your grandmother's gift skipped over you like it did me. Right. Yeah. And Pavetta has these crazy otherworldly colored eyes like Yennefer. So I'm wondering if they're part elven
0: that's what I was
3: but, wondering, too, because they don't okay. say anything about it. And yeah. I was like, I mean, I just assumed they were part Elven because, yeah. like, what else would they be? And, <laughs> yeah, and, 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 yeah.
1: That's where right? magic
0: comes from in this world.
3: Yeah. And P- Pavetta
1: is able to kind of instinctually call upon these really powerful primal forces, much like Yennefer does. Mm-hmm. With the um, portals that she made in the beginning, and she uses again in this episode, and she uses elder magic to create those portals. We know, yeah. So I think they're part elven, and that has some pretty dire implications because they also talk in this episode about Queen Calanthe's, uh campaign campaign <laughs> against the elves, and how they regularly go out and slaughter the elves. And it's like, does she? She must know that she's part elven but she goes and commits genocide against the elves.
0: I mean, she might not be aware of it. I feel like that's something that people kind of in this world kind of intentionally disregard. Like if they know that they have elven blood, it's kind of, it's considered really bad and they just kind of act like they don't or whatever. I mean, that's kind of Yen's backstory is a little bit like that with her adoptive father kind of denying her elven heritage and stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, this this segues really nicely into the state brutality uh, theme that we saw in this episode. I mean, it's been throughout the entire series, as Casey mentioned before, but um, we really get to see it in the forefront and center of this episode.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when when Calanthe is introduced in this episode, That's what
1: I was thinking. She
0: too. is just covered in blood. She is cheering herself on in front of the court saying she's that she's bragging. been She's been putting down uprisings in the south. So, she's murdering peasants yeah. who are rising up against
1: she said the they, state power. She said they needed to be re- reminded who is queen and sh- everybody's cheering her while she's covered in these People's blood. And this is how she, yeah, she gets introduced in this episode. And she was pretty hype. It's just so horrifying. So these people (laughs) were obviously fighting back against something, some injustice, and she's just quelling it brutally.
0: (laughs) And then bragging. She is the state power.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And she's using violence as a way to control people and maintain her power.
0: And, of course, we know from the first episode that Calanthe is a frontline fighter, like a respected knight and warrior. We see her taking on the Nilfgaardians, who, in court, we see her in this past timeline insulting Nilfgaard and and kind of just shitting on the Nilfgaardians who come to her, uh, to Cintra. And we're kind of it's kind of like oh like you know how in the first episode the Nilfgaardians Guardians come to kick their asses this is probably part of the reason besides the fact that everyone seems to hate Nilfgaard.
3: yeah everybody likes to shit on them earlier material like ah oh, Queen Calanthe, she's badass and I was like she's she's awful. She's yeah. She
0: is, but I still really like her.
3: She's like the the interesting thing is that this show is clearly intending for you to like her. I feel like they tend to cast a pretty favorable light on her in a lot of ways. Yeah, she's Um, awesome. But then she's like actually really horrible. I mean, first off, (laughs) like it's awful (laughs) It's repeatedly like pointed out that she is responsible for like the genocide of elves. Yeah. Um as soon as she sees um, Pavetta's lover, the knight, who is uh, cursed to look like a porcupine, like, as soon as <laughs> you... Sorry. <it> just, <laughs> no, no, you're H- so right. Henshaw or whatever. As soon as no, she no, sees right. his face, she says, kill it.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's super racist, or cursed. Yeah. I don't know.
3: Racist works. Yeah, she's, she's <laughs> really, really prejudiced. She also I think one of the things that frustrates me a lot too is that she sort of like Jennifer she kind of lives in this patriarchal society and says how much she hates it but then yet continuously like prescribes to it and upholds it like yeah,
1: exactly to
3: uphold the status quo and girl
0: exactly. actually
3: calls her out for that
1: Yeah
0: Geralt's yeah. a better feminist than Kalanthi. You heard <laughs> yeah. it right here, folks.
3: Yeah. It's like it's really infuriating because she says, um, you know, like something to the effect of like, you know, ah, uh, if it were my way, you know, I wouldn't do any of this. I'm like, wait, it can be your way. I don't understand yeah. why it can't. You're literally a queen without a husband, so you're the only one in charge. You are a the singular monarch, and you have a daughter who you guys could both just decide who you want your daughter to marry I understand that she wants to form like alliances so she doesn't want her daughter to marry because because Queen Calanthe, her big thing is like legacy and like leaving her children and her grandchildren with like power and wealth so, so that they're cared for but she like also mentions that if she had it her way she would just pick who Pavetta would marry, and she wouldn't do this whole, like, ceremony where all these men come up and, like, you know, pitch themselves. And I'm like, well, you could just do that. You're, like, the singular monarch of one of the most powerful kingdoms. In the yeah. I just don't understand why you don't do that. So it sounds like she has no interest in giving up on these, like, patriarchal constructs.
0: My guess is that there's probably, like, enough kind of regional
1: strongholds they're kind of like princedoms
0: well yeah i mean she's basically i think that she's trying to uphold tradition because rocking the boat too much might lead to an uprising that she can't just put down by the sword or where like actually powerful groups of male monarchs or or nobles in the area would rebel against her she is doing this to kind of give them and it's, it's gross, right? Like she is using mm-hmm. her daughter as like a prize yeah. to, to offer to keep peace in the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And it becomes this complicated, yeah, problematic, patriarchal system.
3: Yeah, but she also just like outright disrespects people at this ceremony, which indicates to me that she has no interest in maintaining the illusion that she's not just going to pick whoever she wants.
0: Yeah, but, she, but, but she's doing it, like, through the traditional channel.
3: <laughs> I don't know, It's but it, it just reminded me a lot of Jennifer um, in the last episode, where we saw Yennefer say how much she hated the system, but how much she was still trying to work within the system in order to, like, achieve power, rather than completely subvert the system and try to, like, make it work for, like, an actual not-patriarchal structure.
1: Yeah, we're bringing back around on, the idea Jack- of how people actually contribute to the processes that keep them under control.
2: Yeah, it does seem like uh, she was trying not to rock the boat, you know, with the other civilizations, which is why she was going through this whole ceremony. You don't want a foreign army coming into Sintra and like killing the noble family and all the citizens or anything, right? <laughs>
0: Yeah, thank God that never happens. Yeah.
3: yeah. Oh, I see. Sorry. <laughs>
0: uh-oh.
3: I was, uh-oh. Re- I was reading my notes and then I realized, wait, this totally did happen.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh-oh. <laughs> Previously on The Witcher.
3: <laughs> oh my gosh, wait. So, uh also... I feel like I should explain a little bit of what happens in the episode for anyone who's a little bit hazy on what happens um, with regard to the wedding. So basically she's Queen Calanthi is holding this wedding for her daughter and, or not wedding, I guess like courting ceremony or whatever, where everybody has to come up and, and pitch themselves to her. Um, And then, you know, we've got hedgehog man, comes in and is like, I want to marry your daughter. And the queen's like, absolutely not. And then he yells law of surprise, which like, I will never not think is the stupidest, funniest thing I've ever fucking heard. Like we were like, oh right. Law of surprise. And what I love about this episode is like, it's not for like another 10 minutes before someone actually explains what the fuck law of surprise is. (laughs) Like he yells law of surprise And then a fight scene happens. And then, like, and then, like, at some point, one of the guys goes, like, of surprise is a tradition for accepting payment that's as old as time itself. And, like, me and my partner are both like, is it? (laughs) Like, I've never heard of it. I don't know what it is. It's so absurd.
0: Casey, Casey, that's just the way it was. That's just the way it was back then. (laughs) It takes place oh. in the future, doesn't it? <laughs> I don't remember. Oh Conjunction God. of the spheres, et cetera, et cetera. Something, something.
3: It's so silly. And then, like, everybody gets mad about it. And then, like, it happens. And then, yeah, so basically, Pavetta and uh, her, her hedgehog boyfriend, you know, they do their magic power thing. And then, you know, Geralt saves them. Uh, from I don't know what I don't really know what he's saving them from like I don't from
0: Prevetta's like uncontrollable chaos magic I think from wind
3: okay I just wasn't sure what would happen like would they just stay floating in the air for another three <laughs> years like I don't know it seemed like all that was really happening was a lot of wind. And
1: I was kind of wondering the, the same
0: thing.
3: Well, I was it like, kind of seemed like she was ready to just explode. Like, it was getting worse and worse. Yeah. Okay, okay. I wasn't clear on that. I was like, I don't know. This doesn't really seem that bad. I, th- I think maybe she was
2: hurting the get... guests also. I was going to say, she'll get tired.
3: <laughs> she'll get it tired. It was a real and Romeo and
0: Juliet suicide pack scenario, <laughs> I guess. I think
3: it was. But, yeah, so, like, then, you know, Geralt is able to kind of like settle them down or whatever and then he goes to leave and um, Dooney, who's now like married to Pavetta and is a hot guy is like let me give you payment and Geralt's like I'll take love surprise and it's like have... Oh, this is
0: so dumb. I was like, why would you do that? You no. literally just saw the consequences. Tradition. <laughs> yeah. Tradition. And he says it so flippantly. He's like, yeah. oh, fuck it. Just give me what you don't know that you have. It's like, yeah. dude, go. I was. I felt the same. way. I was just like, this is so ridiculous. Uh, why would he do that? I was like, as soon as Dooney was like, you know, what can I give you? I was just like, gold, give me gold. Just give me <laughs> buckets of gold. That's <laughs> fine. I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs>
1: And then immediately Pavetta throws up. It's like, I'm pregnant. It's just like, come on, guys. Which, of course,
0: means that her and Dooney had been boning down already.
1: Oh, he he admitted it. They fucking talked about it in front of the whole court.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, but they weren't as explicit as, like, saying, like, hey, we totally boned down.
3: They basically were. She
0: yeah, was like, "Wait, you're enough.
3: pregnant already?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, Mom. We totally banged before the wedding. my bad Like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> it, <lol.
3: laughs> oh, man. this episode is just such a wild ride. I
0: like, it's true. I, uh, and that's whole, just one of three storylines. I know
1: the whole thing with Dooney kind of creeps me out, though because okay, he's a lot older than her, right? Because he helped, he's helped save her father yeah. when he oh, was yeah. wounded. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, yeah, I found out he had an infant daughter. It's like, wait, and you waited until she was old enough to bang, and then you banged her, and then yeah. now you want to marry her.
2: Tell oldest time. Yeah, he
3: literally <laughs> says, like, I watched her, and I'm like, that's not creepy or anything. Yeah. no. no.
2: <laughs> how romantic
3: and she's like our hearts collided i'm like uh, more like he just waited for you to get old enough like yeah. that's not really the same wow. thing yeah it was, yeah the whole thing is quite questionable not a, not a fan
1: i know so is she really making a choice then or is she just falling into his schemes
3: well or is it destiny which is like
0: you know which is an th- actual fat uh which is like an actual force in this world
2: so. yeah <laughs> it's a tangible thing
1: gerald points out that it's just a way of storytelling to control people
2: but that's bullshit
1: i thought that was
3: really interesting
0: but i mean we don't actually know what happens when you break the law of surprise well we do I guess, well, yeah, I guess we do. Yeah, you we become an do. Hedgehog man. Yeah, yeah. So, like, there's actually a good reason. I think Geralt just says, like, oh, Destiny's bullshit, because that's, again, what he wants to believe. But then when you don't fucking follow it, you get turned into Sonic.
1: So you think that Destiny is a form of ancient magic in this
0: world? Oh, absolutely. That was
1: the elven worlds that the humans stole from them?
0: Maybe this is an elven curse
3: oh i think it's a little bit of both i think it's like it's like one of those things where like you know maybe destiny does have a solid impact it is a real force in this world but then like leaders and maybe like religious sects are able to use it as a form of ni- manipulation and that's Propaganda, like at some yeah. point Geralt says you know like um he's seen mothers cry and weep to the gods thinking that they've like scorned them because their child is dead, ignoring the fact that there are 50 other dead children in the plague cart outside. Yeah. And it's like, actually this has nothing to do with you. This is like a systemic problem. This is a, right. like an overarching societal failure. It's not destiny. So I think it's a really interesting thing that he raises that point. But then I do believe that destiny is something that it exists in this world And so there's kind of like both. And because destiny is a real power in this world, it's very easy for other people to use the idea of destiny to manipulate others.
0: Yeah, I think Mm -hmm. it is that complicated interplay where what is destiny and what is a more powerful like state entity or whatever telling you that things are supposed to be this way. Yeah. Those lines get really blurry. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like gravity or the speed force. So, guys, do you think Siri knows Bootylicious because she's Destiny's child? <laughs> Jesus.
1: <laughs>
0: How long were you holding on to that one? Uh, just a minute or two.
1: <laughs> it's hard to tell if she's Bootylicious because uh, she's wearing that cape all the time.
0: Oh, I just was wondering if she knew the song.
3: <laughs> I wanted to say, though, um, I thought, like, Queen Calanthe, in my mind, reminds me a lot of the, like, girl bar- boss archetype.
0: Oh, yeah, let's talk about it.
3: Where it's, like, you know, this whole idea of, like, she is strong, she's powerful, she's independent, she don't need no man, but she does end up getting married, but she gets married for love, it seems like, or at least for lust. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Close enough.
2: Oh, Yeah making love to you witcher
0: <laughs> <laughs> i mean she, I, it, seems, it seems like calanthe does want to fuck Geralt too oh yeah, yeah, I,
3: yeah I think she so does. and she would she
2: says we're quite the pair
3: she also says at some point like you know she says to pavetta like just marry one of these guys and then you can have any man you want you have your mother's charm or something like that basically like and, and she is her mother so she's saying like you could do what i do and marry a guy and then just bang other dudes yeah like absolutely so like you know as long (laughs) as you're
0: upholding tradition you can fuck whoever you want and and,
3: and maintaining the political status quo yeah so like we see that she's kind of like she's like this independent woman and she's you know fierce and whatever and she gets it done and she's in control but she's also like racist and like her daughter calls her out for um killing elves and serfs she says something about like oh should i round up a bunch of starving serfs and murder them for entertainment or something like she straight up calls her mom out and her mom's like don't be hysterical and it's like that's not (laughs) hysterical that's legitimate condemnation for bad actions.
1: I mean she just came in covered
3: in the peasants blood. Yeah, yeah. Girl boss like players though. Girl boss, you know, you just Girl boss, boss. murdered yeah, the she's... serfs below you, girl boss.
0: <laughs> Is that mascara or the blood of peasants?
1: She's maintaining the patriarchal controlling processes and forms of violence to maintain power and control. Yeah. And that actually does happen with a lot of women in real life in different cultures. Oh, yeah. Um,
3: Like
2: girl bosses. Yeah. (laughs) It sounded like you were going to say step on me. (laughs) Please, (laughs) Colleen.
3: But
1: a lot of women do co-participate in their own subjugation. Yeah. Even when they think they have power, you know, they like a girl, the idea of this girl boss, like Queen Calanthe, she's still participating in this system that keeps women down or controlled. Yeah. Yeah.
0: She's not actually rocking the boat enough to make overarching changes that would make the world better for. I'm sorry, for uh, Pavetta or for Siri. So that she has more
1: choice or control over her life. Yeah.
0: She's just like kind of slotting her family into the same bullshit that she's been a part of. And I think part of it is out of fear. I think Calanthe is afraid of the consequences because I think she knows that her rule is only, she's only capable of maintaining rule with an iron fist. Because she's mm-hmm. a queen and not a king.
3: Yeah, that is that is valid, but it's still also like, you know, the show really wants to paint her as like this awesome chick. And I'm like, you're yeah, a but, racist, like cl-
1: oh no. like
3: classist. Violent. <laughs> yeah.
1: But
0: she's
2: just so cool.
3: <laughs> oh, I
1: like
2: guys. the way how when she kills people, she's smiling. <laughs>
3: You guys are You guys are class traders. Enough of you. <laughs> 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 Fucking class <Hey>, traders. <laughs> the
0: cult
2: of personality is real.
0: Hey, Geralt's still my boy. He lives on the uh
2: outside of society, on the yeah. fringes. Speaking of these gender roles, I'd like to quickly bring up the scene that you mentioned of Geralt and uh bathing <laughs> while Jaskier <laughs> is taking care of him. Uh, Jaskier, uh, uh, he addresses that, that he and Geralt are friends. Yes. And Geralt is like, I don't have any friends. And <laughs> Jaskier is like, Oh yeah, so you just let any random guy rub chamomile <laughs> all your over butt. your body? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know yeah, on your butt. He that's says right. butt.
3: He says butt.
2: <laughs> yeah, and Geralt is just like, nah, he's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got me there, Jaskier. <laughs> I was like. Are they just good pals or is Jaskier thinking that Geralt is hot? I mean anyone would. Yeah, but I mean like, that's just that's called being human.
0: Yeah, it's
2: true. It's true.
1: And Jaskier is only human.
2: But I I liked that relationship cuz Geralt is so not that guy, but Jaskier is do- got him into this situation. I thought that was so funny.
1: And he's accepting Jaskier's help. I mean, begrudgingly, but
3: he goes along with it.
0: I mean, I think deep down inside, Geralt likes Jaskier. He hasn't killed him yet.
2: Oh, he does.
3: Although I will say that, like, the queen mentions, like, oh, girl, why don't you tell us that story about how you, like, killed the elves at the edge of the world? Or maybe it was somebody else, maybe it wasn't the queen. But they had kind of mentioned it. And he's like, yeah, that's not what happened. I got my ass whooped. I got my ass whooped. (laughs) And then um <laughs> getting his ass wolfed is a whole other story. Yeah.
0: He might have got <laughs>
2: his ass Wolf. wolfed too. Yeah. Uh <laughs> oh, fuck yeah.
3: Yeah, he's like I got my ass wolfed and then the king of the elves um
2: Filavandril,
3: you know, like let me go. And uh they're like that's not what happens in the song and Jaskier's like yeah like eyeing him like bro i wrote that song can you please like not make me look bad
0: x on the ooth tray yeah
3: (laughs) and it's like i'm kind of like wait wait a second like dude you're making him look like a racist person like he of course he's not thrilled with this representation that you're painting of him he's been trying his hardest to like try to present the truth to others and and illustrate that like maybe monsters aren't always monsters maybe sometimes yeah. they're misunderstood
0: and sometimes the monster is man
3: yeah well all the time yeah i mean you <laughs> see yeah. what you're talking about comes out when he's defending
1: Dooney. he says he's not a monster yeah even though he looks like one he knows that he's uh yeah cursed you know he's- yeah he's not the true monster in the room.
0: Because Calanthe's like, kill him. You're a monster hunter. Go kill the monster. And Geralt's like, whoa, hold no, on. I
1: think yeah. in this situation, it's safe to say Queen Calanthe's the true monster.
3: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I agree. But what I was getting at, though, is I think that maybe, you know, while he might like Jaskier's company, he may also find some of his storytelling a, an obstacle in what his he's trying to do, which is like, Present a more fair and balanced view of some of the misunderstood creatures of the universe.
0: Yeah. It creates a kind of weird double edged sword for Geralt where. He is able to make a better living and like actually be in a tavern and have people celebrate him and be like, oh, it's the witcher. It's the white wolf. Like, this guy's awesome. We're going to not be terrible to him because in our first scene with Geralt in episode one, we see him like going into the tavern and being not welcome because he's a witcher spit on. Yeah. So, I mean, Jaskier is doing this great PR yeah. work for him. Yeah. But now I think Gerald is beginning to realize it's at the expense of the, the reputation that he's actually trying to uphold.
3: Exactly. Should we talk about Yennefer?
0: We should definitely talk about Yennefer because this is i think a big and important episode for her
3: yeah she actually starts to regret the hubris of her youth <laughs> so i hate yennefer but i like love to hate yennefer hey. and I, this is like really the beginning of when i really just enjoy hating yennefer
0: <laughs> oh okay do <Did> you tell <laughs>
3: So we basically first see her she's riding in like a cart with a queen who is she she is tasked with like, kind of overseeing.
0: Yeah, Queen -hmm. Callus. Callus.
3: Yeah, she's she's a court mage, so she works for the king and the queen, and she's riding in this, like, you know, wagon or whatever, and then the wagon is attacked. Carriage. And, (laughs) sorry, before the wagon is attacked, you know, they're kind of talking about how they have such shit lots in life. And, you know, basically... Because of
0: the patriarchy.
3: Yeah, but Yennefer is like, man... I was the most powerful mage in the world, and now I have to be somebody's, like, you know, babysitter. And it I have have sucks. I gave up my womb for this. And the other girl's like, <laughs> I... At least you, like, have a job that people yeah. respect what you do, and you are doing work in the field that you train to do, and people hire you for that, and they value your skill set. The only thing yeah. people value the queen for is her ability to shove babies out of her well, uterus. So the only
1: thing she's valued for is her womb. It's very yeah. interesting in yeah. that way. Yeah. Yeah. And she says that I'm just a vessel for the king to produce him heirs. Right. Yeah. And, and Yennefer calls back to that line at the end, but we'll get to that.
3: Yeah. So like she is basically complaining to a woman who is literally a baby factory about like, where it sucks that I am, like, respected and renowned, and <laughs> I have to work for a living. This is bullshit, you know? I'm like, I don't, what is, what is your problem? Like, honestly.
0: <laughs>
2: She's ambitious.
0: They're having one of my least favorite conversations, which is, I, my life is so bad. No, actually, my life is worse. Well, <laughs> yeah. also,
1: it's, like, an argument based in patriarchal views about life and perspective on the world because my
0: other least favorite type of yeah
1: because one woman is just like oh i have this career that i i wanted and i strove for but i really want kids and the other woman's like well i have kids but i really want a career and it's like oh you can't have both
3: fucking give me a break but I also don't think that Jennifer actually wants kids. I think she's just mad that she doesn't have the choice to have kids, but I don't actually think she wants them. I think she's just mad that she had that taken away from her because yeah. like, she doesn't really seem to be all that into children or the idea of children. She hasn't like talked about how she like aspires to have like, you know, an heir or even just like wants to care for anything she's just like where i can't have it and i want it because i can't have (laughs) it and then she's like i have a really great job which i wanted and now i'm mad that i have it because i don't get to do everything else i want which is take over the world with all my power and i'm just like i don't know nothing will please you like you're so i get it working sucks welcome to capitalism like it blows i believe (laughs) me but like you are so immensely privileged and none of none of her like downsides to her job are actually based in patriarchy because she isn't equal to men at that point. I know that the process to get where she was involved a lot of like sacrifice for like her or for like women specifically. But now that she's there, there's no real indication that she is like second level to any men. I mean, true. She does work for the king but um i meant second level to any male mages like she's she's on par with male mages right yeah. that's true and they don't seem to have any bar
1: as a as a sorcerer within their ranks there doesn't seem to be like a glass ceiling for female magicians no um it's true
3: yeah like women definitely women definitely have to suffer war to become mages, but once women and men are mages, then they're kind of both on the same playing field. So I feel like when she's complaining about, like, being able to be a working woman with a job and a skill to a woman who doesn't have that, I'm like, you're just rude.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You're just fucking Um, rude. (laughs) I think she's blind to what ails her, you know? I wanted to respond to what you were saying. I think that You're kind of helping me get to an insight, you know. I think that Yennefer doesn't know why she always just wants more Mm -hmm. and it's because she just went after her ambitions for power blindly and she didn't take the time to kind of work on herself emotionally and process what happened to her when she was young
3: yeah or what she wanted out of all of this like what do you want when you get all of the power like you know she got she actually got the power she wanted and she's like meh and i'm like because you didn't know what to do with it once you had it yeah. And
1: so she's feeling this way, I think, because partially because she's empty inside. She doesn't yeah. have a, a center. She has no core guiding her totally. toward like, I mean, what she really wants in life.
0: She yeah. literally went from like the most powerless person on the planet to mm-hmm. one of the most powerful with no growth period in between. It no. was like I am a basically slave to a adoptive family who hates my guts and oh shit, I'm actually one of the most powerful mages on the planet. And Tissaia is telling me that I could be the most powerful like mage of all time. There was no period for her to like ever develop any kind of empathy or, and like her bonds because she's thrown into this power situation at the, the mages college Mm -hmm. Any opportunity she had to build relationships like with her boyfriend there gets cut off by their respective masters because they have them spying on each other. So suddenly to her, relationships are just bad. Her father was a sociopath who sold her for less than he'd sell a pig. Her first boyfriend is a spy. The only person she has telling her that she's ever been of any value is Taseya.
1: And before that, she was just ridiculing her and
3: belittling her the entire time.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, she's never had a healthy relationship.
2: No. I think,
3: too, there was one other thing that you brought up that uh, I thought was a an interesting sort of, maybe not theme, but, like, a, an important part to her personality, which is, like, when you're told at a young age that you're good at stuff, but you didn't actually have to work to be good at it, you just were born with a gift, or you're, like, a gifted kid, then, like, when you get older... You know, you're the the playing field kind of levels out like, you know, when you're like four and you're like, you know, just this genius at math or whatever. And then you get to like 36 and there's people who are specialized in math and there's people who are specialized in art and yada, yada. Then you've got like you start to feel like, wait, I thought I was the special one. But like all these people are specialized in this thing. They went to school. Everybody caught up with me you know, I'm not special. She literally whines that she's, like, not special anymore. She's like, they tell you that you're special, but are you? all you are is a vessel. And I'm like, but you're not just a vessel. You have a job in your field. You are not just a vessel. I cannot explain this to you enough. Like, you think that no one values you because no one is giving you a trophy for being, like, skilled because, baby, you're born with it. Like, you know, like, yeah, because everyone else like studied hard and got as good as you and you're not at the top anymore because you know when when you get older everybody starts to skill up with you you and know when you're
1: gifted from youth I think what I think I know what you're getting at like yeah you're you kind of coast through and yeah, you don't, exactly. you're not challenged
3: anymore exactly yeah yeah, yeah. And, and she's got a lot of this like bravado of like i'm the best i'm the best i deserve everything everyone treats me special and then you know she always talks about how she's the greatest mage ever and i have a lot to say about that because i (laughs) don't think so like yeah uh, you know just the magic that she performs i was like really that's all you can do is a bunch of portals that's it that's That's all you've got like You know, she's trying to help the queen flee an assassin, and the assassin was set out to kill the queen because she's not producing a male heir for the king. So the king basically tried to kill his own wife because he's sick of her having female babies. And, like, instead of the greatest mage ever being able to kill the assassin or kill the assassin's weird scorpion buddy...
0: But she's really good at portals, and that bug is just a bug.
3: She, she just produces, like, a bunch of portals to different areas, and then they just keep portaling to different areas over and over again. I'm like, are you, like, the greatest mage? Where is some, like, great mage power? She's like, another portal. And then she creates a portal where she goes through it, And not the queen. So then the queen is left with the assassin and her baby and the weird scorpion thing. And the, uh, assassin kills the queen and then the scorpion is going to like go up and like attack the baby. And all of a sudden, um, you know, Yennefer portals back and then she uses her magic to kill the scorpion. I was like, where was this in the very (laughs) beginning (laughs)
0: she was working it out
3: well i don't understand you could have you definitely could have done this sooner so either you didn't want to or you're a bad mage
2: (laughs) oh yeah uh yeah she's either just a bad person or a bad mage (laughs) i don't know which it is yeah i was kind of appalled by her bilateral symmetry in this episode (laughs) what the fuck does that mean uh just the way that the left side of her body looks like the right side
3: Oh, you mean she's yeah. not um disabled anymore?
2: Yeah, exactly. Oh, much okay. better than. <laughs> she was, you see she was a much more unique mage before. Yeah. And now she wants to be unique. Yeah. <laughs> she gave up what made her powerful.
3: Later she comes back she like is able to kill the scorpion and she grabs the baby and runs and in the process of good
0: instinct good yeah, instinct
3: in the process of running away from the assassin the assassin throws a like dagger which i think kills the baby
0: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Okay. it, it, through it cleaves through her shoulder bone through her scapula through the baby of uh, uh trigger warning for violence against yeah, he's, um, um Yes, it word. goes through her bones, through the baby, and
1: that's one sharp blade.
0: That's a very sharp blade. Yeah,
3: magical. I got the sense that he was a little bit magical himself. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He, I mean, he had a pet scorpion. He was <laughs> following
0: <laughs> through her portals Right. 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 <laughs> he was.
3: He was portaling, too. And
1: And he he
0: was wearing a cloak, and he had paint all over his face. Clear wizard.
1: But he also had the uh, unusually colored eyes, and so he might have been part Elvin, too. Yeah. could be. He was probably using portal magic, yeah.
3: So, she gets to, like, she portals through with this now-dead baby, and they land in an ocean, like, on the beach, and she, like, walks up to the water, you know, she sets the baby down, she's very upset, she, like, talks to the dead baby, and then... She digs the shallowest grave on a beach. I know. On a beach. I was like,
1: sorry to say, uh, girlfriend, that is going to... Yeah. Um just be revealed at lo- at high tide again yeah. and then we were yep. all
3: like basically that's food for the crabs
0: yeah yeah <laughs> i mean so she's an environmentalist
3: yeah i was like world's worst mage and apparently worst grave digger just these are t- <laughs> <laughs> worst person worst mage worst grave digger she can't do much she thinks she's very talented but i think she needs to like reevaluate someone needs to like give her a video of herself doing stupid things
0: Yeah. Why don't you take a look at this scrying orb and (laughs) and tell me what you did wrong here?
3: Yennefer is
1: never satisfied because she doesn't know who she is or what she really wants. Yeah. And she doesn't know where she fits in.
3: Yeah. I think
1: she's I
0: empathize with her.
3: She's had a lot of people force her life to go. A certain way that now that she finally has free reign over her life and she acts like she doesn't but she really does now that she has like autonomy over her life she doesn't really know what to do with it and so she keeps insisting that what she truly wants is taken from her but she doesn't even know if she really wants that you know
2: yeah mm-hmm. yes you are correct she is good at making portals. That, that is like the only that's, thing she's good at doing. That's pretty much it. <laughs> if only yeah. they were
0: like stealth portals.
2: Yeah, exactly my point. Yeah. They addressed in the second episode that she can make these portals by herself without needing to consume the life force of anything else, right? Yeah. Which normally you'd have to do, but she can make portals without that. And yeah. That's pretty cool, except yeah. they say that those are easy to track. And that that's how the people of the Mages Association or whatever are able to find her in the first place, yeah. right? Yeah. And so this assassin wizard could easily follow her through those portals. And the portals that you can make while eating the flower petals, those ones were apparently stealthy portals.
1: Yeah, and she... um. She learned from Istrid how to create the elven portal, and he told her that they could be tracked.
3: And she's like, I, the greatest mage, will use them in an attempt to flee an assassin, because I am the greatest mage ever. I just cannot get over how not great of a mage she is.
0: <laughs> Do you know a shield spell, or like a bug gone spell? No, just <laughs> mostly doors. You
1: know the bug gone <laughs> spell? use the fucking bug's
3: life force to create a stealthy portal. Egg fucking exactly. I know that's not how exactly is spelled, but egg exactly. <laughs> it is tonight. Egg exactly. No, I egg. know. It drives me crazy. I was like, "Wait, so you could kill scorpion thing and then use that life force to make something else and yet You don't do it. That would kill two birds with one stone and you don't do it.
0: Two bugs with one stone.
3: Oh God, I can't with her. I just cannot with her. And then meanwhile, at the end of this episode, we see Nilfgaard attacking um, Sintra. And this is in series timeline. So this is the most, I guess, recent timeline.
0: We get a guy cutting a piece out of Queen Calanthe's arm Eating it and then getting killed so that they can Haruspex's guts.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's a form of... Um,
0: Tracking and divination.
3: Divination. It was pretty crazy. But what we're seeing is that Frangilla is yes. the mage of Nilfgaard. And seems like she's got some pretty fucking amazing powers. Seems like she's like got some weird methods of divination. Which I'm assuming are coming from like a dark magic that she's learned through Nilfgaard. Yeah. Which... To me, it sort of implies that, like, you know, I don't know if uh, if Yennefer knows dark magic or and just doesn't use it, or if there is a dark magic that exists and she doesn't know it.
1: It's like a form of necromancy. They're like a death cult in Neth- Nilfgaard. I think. Yeah. yeah.
0: But she
3: is quickly becoming not the greatest mage like you're not 18 anymore yeah
0: Yeah, but man at least you don't have to work for nilfgaard yuck
3: (laughs) i mean i don't know i don't know what nilfgaard's like who knows what it's like over there Uh, nilfgaard sucks that's what everybody says but you know (laughs) there's
2: something to infer about it queen Calanthe mentions i believe she mentions that nilfgaard Has a new king at the same rate as something something. It just sounds like they have a lot of violent revolts against their nobility.
3: Yeah, they do. And that is how the Nilfgaard that ends up taking over Sintra even came into play. Because there was a violent revolt that that happened. And Frangilla became the mage of that reign, I guess.
0: Yeah, they're a brutal expansionist empire.
3: They totally are, but they also are insanely powerful, and yeah. um, our girl Yen doesn't stand a damn chance. I'll just say it.
0: We'll see. Time shall tell.
3: Not with her freaking portals. I don't know how the- if she can't take out one scorpion, she doesn't stand a chance. She's like, portal, 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 <laughs> portal, oh shit, they found me, portal. <laughs> it shows how complacent she's gotten. Ugh.
2: It's true. If there's one other thing that Nilfgaard has, it's uh, their royalty has potent seed. <laughs> they they reference that. Oh, as part of the patriarchy. Oh. <laughs> yeah, which kind of harkens back to the conversation Yennefer was having with the queen she was supposed to protect. Yeah. The queen was like, oh, I can't produce any male heirs. And then the yeah. Nilfgaard prince was like, my seed is potent. Uh, Only yeah. male heirs. Ugh. There's a lot rough. of uh, fertility in this episode.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, fertility, bloodline, and patriarchal rule were major themes of that tied all these stories together. Yeah. And on that note, I think we should probably talk about Siri. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> should <laughs> we? <laughs> I hate the potency leading
0: into that. <laughs> well, Siri is part of a. Tr- Fine tradition of female heirs to a queendom.
3: And yes. from Kalanthi to. Of
0: seed. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> from Calanthe Hedgehog to uh, Pavetta to Ciri. And, uh, you know, very magical family, too, uh, skipping a generation with Kalanthi, but.
1: Even they are subject to the patriarchal controlling forces, so.
0: Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, it's just, it's such a, it's so entrenched in the systems around them. That as much as they want to fight against it, it actually becomes, it's like not being able to see the forest for the trees, right?
1: I think they adhere to it based out of fear, like you were saying before. I think that was pretty apt.
0: It's like, as long as, Calanthe feels that as long as she's in power, she's, you know, doing right. She's doing well for herself. and, And, you know, she's a successful ruler, so but, it, you know, missing the point that she is falling into these traps that are going to keep her entire, you know, female bloodline in comfortable shackles.
1: So it was the, like, head tree of the Brokilon forest where the Dryads were that was calling out to Ciri, I think, because the Dryads mm. didn't call her. They didn't know she was coming. But something was calling out to Siri in the previ- at the end of the previous episode we watched.
0: Yeah, well, let let's remind the listeners that uh, the dryads are this um, female divination like magical Amazon group that lives in uh, broad uh Brooklyn.
3: I was gonna say Brooklyn Forest.
0: In, in Brooklyn is, Forest. In the Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> And uh they are test they're kind of doing a purity test on Ciri and Dara to make sure that they haven't come with ill intention because you know these two teen uh tweens could be spies or assassins you never know in the world of the Witcher
1: So this forest is magically protected by magic This like elder tree that's tapped into, like, the magic of the world, yeah. And it seems to have a consciousness of its own.
0: And it knows that Ciri's got some magic going on.
1: Yeah, that's what called out She to her tore remember, the Earth
0: apart in the first episode. Yeah, it's so. true.
1: Maybe it felt the reverberations from that.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, I forgot she did that.
0: Oh, yeah. She tears a chasm in the Earth that divides her from the Nilfgaardian Black Knight who's chasing her.
1: So the Dryads help protect the forest with violence. Uh, I'm for it. You know what?
0: I'm I'm an environmentalist too.
1: Yeah, bow and arrow technology. Yeah, they're eco-terrorists.
0: Eco-protectors.
3: Okay. What is an eco-terrorist?
0: Usually it's used to describe people who are pro-environmental causes who do acts that sabotage, like, drilling companies or other, like, resource exploiters.
1: They're not above
3: using violence. Okay, well I think we should reinterpret eco-terrorism as Agreed. people who drill for things into the People earth. committing terrorist
0: acts yeah. against
3: the environment. I like it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I
0: I that's why I said I prefer that description.
1: Yeah, so. I think that works better because um yeah, anyway.
2: So these are urbanization terrorists. <laughs> <laughs>
0: They're stopping the encroaching, quote-unquote, civilization from taking over their beautiful forest.
1: And they're protecting their mother tree. Yeah. uh, Which has magical juice.
0: Everyone wants to protect mom, right?
1: Yeah, and they want to drink her juices.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, right. I don't like um, this.
3: Stop. No.
0: <laughs> but you're right, though, Chelsea. They do want to drink mom's magical juices. Stop. Mama tree.
3: Mutter's milk.
1: Um.
0: Mutter's milk.
1: It Ooh. looks like elf cum or. Because uh, unic-
0: Chelsea knows exactly what elf cum looks like.
1: <laughs> or, or unicorn blood or something like that.
2: Or unicorn cum. <laughs> Drink the trees, cummy wummy series. Oh, God.
1: It. God,
3: kill yeah, me. Yeah, the watered,
1: the watered down sap that flows through all the waters of the forest does, has no effect on her because she has this natural power it's potent source. Seed. She, yeah, <laughs> oh my God.
0: Another theme throughout the episode so is potent. She seed. has
1: to drink the sap directly from the mother tree, mm-hmm. <laughs> right Jeez.
0: from the source,
1: and it causes her to have a vision. And she's transported to like the spirit world, and she meets the consciousness of the tree. Oh, dude, it's so cool! Looking it's so too. cool, and it asks her, "What
3: are you?" <laughs> That's disconcerting. <laughs> I love it. She has yeah. she has an ayahuasca trip, and they- yeah. Spirit, is just like I don't know, man. What the fuck are you? I've got I've got nothing for you. I've got no guidance here. You're gonna have to tell me what you are, cause I have no clue. Dude, the
2: tree's tripping too.
0: <laughs>
1: Dude,
0: that's how powerful she is.
1: She's like, you know what? I'm a tree. I just realized, and <laughs>
0: turns out,
1: I don't understand
2: human or elven logic. Yeah, I operate on my own. It's a lot like um, James Cameron's Avatar series timeline.
0: Oh God, no!
3: I think the thing that really drives me nuts about Siri when she walks into Brooklyn Forest is that she like every time they said the a boca bin, I don't know,
0: Brocolon. Bro
3: <laughs> broccoli forest. When she walks into broccoli forest,
0: <laughs> Boca um, de Beppo forest. <laughs> <laughs>
3: She, you know, she went there in a trance. She shows up. She's surrounded by all of these dryads who are like, what are you doing here? And she's like, where's my friend? But she doesn't say, where's my friend? She says, where's Dara? And they're like, the fuck? Who is Dara? And I just like hate that level of like, I'm just going to assume you know who I'm talking about, even though I don't know who you are. You don't know who I am. And I'm just going to demand where Dara is by his first name.
2: (laughs) Where Dara? I
0: mean, that's a tween thing, right?
3: I don't know. Or I feel like, honestly, I feel like what it is, is like a little bit of this like entitled princess thing. Yeah.
0: Which, I mean, in her defense, she she has been an entitled princess.
3: Yeah. Like, I think that her entitled princess is showing when she like comes in and she's like, where's Dara? And it's like, we're not your servants. We don't function like that. You need to explain who you are, how you got here. Who the fuck is Dara? Like, I don't...
2: Where, Dara? I know. Dara's down to just live in those woods.
1: I know, I was about to say that. Yeah, he's down to just forget. Dude,
0: elf boy is like, oh, like, live with the women warriors and protect the forest? Like, hell yeah, sign me up.
1: I mean, he is an elf. Yeah. Exactly. Is that racist?
0: Uh, I mean, yes, it is. (laughs) But what we often know about elves is that they like the forest. Yes, Those generalizations are problematic, of course. We know we're trying to break down these assumptions about the ethnic and racial groups in fantasy worlds. Yeah. But elves love trees, man. Oh,
3: what I was thinking, and what I assumed you meant by it, was that he is an elf, but, you know, they're not humans, so they're not going to kill him.
0: Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. fair, too. Jack?
2: Another thing is Dara is an elf like we've been saying. And he's a he's from a persecuted people that yeah. were killed systematically, right? Yeah. yeah. And the good thing about Bukaki Forest <laughs> is that <laughs> you know, it, you drink the seed of bukaki forest.
3: Oh no.
2: To know if you're a threat or not, right? And yeah. then it's it has the advantage of not being able to be invaded, right? Yeah. Which is something that he's already been through. Yeah. He's been invaded by the military. It can't happen here. This is an opportunity for protection for him. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Warriors who will defend him.
1: It's a new cause. It's a new purpose in life than just trying to survive. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It also ties back
0: to another theme that runs throughout this entire episode, and it's forgetting the past or how the past can hurt you. Dara has been hurt in the past. So for him, the idea of forgetting that is like, mm-hmm. I mean, my my family, all of my people are dead. Why should I have to live with that pain?
1: And he yeah. had to watch it happen.
0: Yeah, I, exactly. So like yeah. for him, forgetting it is great. For Geralt, you know, destiny and what's in the past, like that's why he's always like, oh, like that stuff doesn't matter. People just don't understand. So he's another character who kind of wants to, Forget what is ha- what has come in the past and the loss of his people and everything, and then Jennifer has this weird kind of connection to like, oh, I had this great past in before when I was living at the major School. I was she the best. Everyone in loved high me. School. <laughs> she pe- <laughs> she did kind of peak in high school. She yeah. peaked
3: time. in Hogwarts High School. <laughs> She's got
0: the Al Bundy thing going on. Yeah. She made that game winning touchdown yep. catch. And then that was like, she's going to tell that story for yep, the rest of her that's life. Sh-
3: I was the greatest mage. If we saw a scene of
1: her on a couch sitting there watching uh, a scrying mirror with her hand down her pants, it wouldn't oh yeah. be that
3: much of a stretch. Nope.
2: nope.
3: <laughs> Constantly declaring how cool she was in high school and how she was the greatest. Literally, what sh- this, this, this is who she is this is her
0: <laughs> and then all my all my classmates got turned into eels and i got to push them into the lake no uh, sure, sure
1: dad no <laughs> hey by the way has yennefer fucking thought of adoption
3: if she wants a kid so fucking bad
0: no no No, she because she
3: doesn't want a kid she just wants to be able to do the thing that she can't do she right, doesn't like anyone yeah. telling her she can't do something
1: yeah i think that's a a really strong case for that <laughs> argument <laughs>
3: The other thing too that we we see happen in this episode is um, Dara finds out who Siri is, right? Yes. And Dara is like, "Wait, hold up! Your mom is Queen Calanthy, she, <laughs> she murdered, murdered my, my family. fucking family."
0: Yeah. And
3: yeah. Siri's like, "She wouldn't do that." And Dara's like, "Okay, yeah, sure. It wasn't your your grandma exactly, but it was like." Her men, who she but also ordered,
0: we know that Queen Calanthi would she would you like would be the one holding the sword oh, yeah. to slaughter to to genocide an entire species of elves. Oh yeah, like, yeah. she oh, would yeah. absolutely do it herself. Like, like, if, if, yeah. she if she was those
3: dryads, she would murder them all. Yeah, yes, like she yeah she didn't kill Dara's family, but she would. You know, yeah. like she just happened to not be at his house at that time. And yeah. like, you know, I this is another thing where like I understand Siri has lived an immensely privileged life and she doesn't understand what kind of people her family are. She doesn't her her mom, who is gone, I guess, I don't know if we know I'm pretty
0: why. sure her parents are dead.
3: Yeah, yeah, but I don't think they like explain that at all. No.
0: We we don't know why I don't believe we know why yet.
3: It was probably a car crash in (laughs) quotes.
0: Well, you know, Dad went out for that pack of smokes, and uh,
1: Mom Mom came with him. But yeah, so
3: like, she's a little bit, she's a little bit of like a sheltered girl, you know, and so she doesn't really understand that her her grandma is a sociopath. Yeah. Yeah, like a sociopathic racist murderer. Um, which... (laughs) To her,
0: she's just granny.
3: Yeah, which Pavetta knew. Pavetta knew and was not happy about. Like, I think if Pavetta had been able to be more of a part of Siri's life, Siri probably would not have this, like, blind view of her grandma. I think she would have a very clear view of who her grandma is. Yeah.
2: Definitely clearer. Yeah.
3: Jack's having, like, a moment. So,
2: so I just realized, right? You were talking about, like, oh, a car crash, quote unquote, that killed Siri's
0: parents, right? Carriage crash, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. Carriage crash, explodium carriage, boom. And we always talked about how if you deny destiny, something bad will happen. And we've said that in reference to the Nilfgaardian invasion, right? But Geralt got Siri out of the law of surprise and he left
3: so you think he killed her parents
2: by denying the right of surprise it's a potential possibility
1: yeah it's a never fair, know. it's a fair hypothesis it's a hypothesis. Yeah. I mean, her theme. dad's
0: already been got by the law of surprise once.
1: We're, we're paying closer attention this watch through since we're talking about it for the show, so we'll we'll see. We'll watch for that.
2: It's true. Destiny's like, oh, Geralt has to get Siri at some point, right? Well, there's an easy solution: just murder
3: everyone,
2: <laughs> fucking everybody in Sintra.
0: Yeah. Destiny has to prepare the way for Siri to be an orphan. Yeah. So that she can be a hero just like all of her idols Spider Man and Harry Potter and Luke Skywalker. All the great orphans of history. Yeah. Well, guys, is there any final thoughts you want to say about this episode before we wrap it up here?
1: I just want to know more about this mother tree. I mean, she has this consciousness on multiple levels of reality, and it's very shamanistic. I think it's very cool. It reminded me of, like, a journey, a shamanic journey. Nice. And, yeah, it was very cool just seeing, like, the energy coming off of the spectral or astral plane version of the tree. Mm -hmm. and um, I'd like to see if we get to learn more about this tree or not.
0: We get a lot of little snippets of the mystical powers of this world, and it's really cool. Like I like the way that they kind of wean you into the magic system, and it's like, okay, Geralt can do these signs. Like, what's up with that? And then Yennefer's got portal magic, and she can also kill daisies to, uh, like, lift a rock. Like, what's the deal there? And then we've got this... (laughs) sacred celestial tree and i'm wondering what it might have to do with like the conjunction of the spheres which we talk about in this episode which they talked about in this episode which is kind of like the coming together of this universe and cosmos yeah so lots of good stuff and i think it's gonna start to unwrap as we get deeper and deeper into season one
3: yeah, I don't. I don't really have uh, any final words except that I'm just really stoked to dunk on Yenna for more. I hope you guys don't <laughs> love her because I love to hate her. Oh, <laughs> um, I, I think
0: I. I think I like Yenna a lot, but uh, you know, she's complicated.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely okay. understand her, and I think Chelsea especially has helped me see uh more of of what makes her who she is and why she does the stupid ass things she does. <laughs> um and so I am a little bit more sympathetic. Fucking, yeah. Completely agree with you that, you know, she doesn't know what she wants and she really struggles to know who she is and what she wants. Yeah. So she makes really terrible decisions. But I still love making fun of her for those terrible decisions. <laughs> and That's for totally how, fine. For how much she just brags about how great she is and then, like, isn't that great throughout the show. I'm like, wait, you definitely could have done something there and you didn't. What happened?
0: Uh, mm-hmm. Something in my eye. I couldn't cast a
2: spell. Yeah. Uh, uh, no. I,
3: don't, I, I had a sneeze. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Me, personally, I'm just waiting for the director's cut where you get the extended bath scene. Oh yeah. <laughs> Jaskier and Geralt. Yeah, where he rubs the uh
0: the lilac and and whatever uh, potions on Geralt. Yeah, gooseberries no. on
2: Geralt no, no, no.
3: <laughs> It's chamomile. It's chamomile. Chamomile.
2: Yeah. Yeah, they say that was like a 45 minute scene. <laughs> so, I'm just waiting on that. Really. <laughs>
0: Well, Casey, thank you for joining us again. Uh, Where can uh, our listeners uh, find more from you and your opinions and awesome thoughts?
3: Oh, God. uh, Nowhere. I keep everything private because I don't want anyone to ever hear what I have to say.
2: Yes. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) I don't
3: like feedback.
2: Search for me in the shadows.
3: I keep my hot takes on lock.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Well, that's, that works. Um, Well, for everyone out there, thank you for joining us for another rousing episode of The Witcher. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, maybe consider giving us a rating and helping other people find out about our show, or maybe, you know, let a friend know that you love swords and satire.
1: You can also follow us on social media. All of the social medias, right? Or all the main ones. I mean, there's a lot
0: of social medias.
1: Okay, all the ones that I am limitedly aware of.
0: All the ones that Chelsea consciously acknowledges.
1: Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter.
3: Okay, you're not on TikTok.
1: Good for (laughs) you. Don't do it. But if you follow us on
3: any of those three, you can get some hot takes and great memes. The memes are pretty good. The memes are pretty great. I I, I love the memes.
0: <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And uh, that's at Swords and Satire or
2: the Swords and Satire Facebook group. And if you're so excited to listen to the show that you want extra Swords and Satire content, you can check us out on Patreon, where we do more creative project episodes such as our old rewriting history has been moved over there and we have extra polls for yourself so you can vote on what movies we're gonna watch my dog just watches <laughs> <laughs> maybe
0: you can even find a picture of Fergus the dog on uh, patreon yeah. after I say
2: this and we're gonna make it happen yeah <laughs> my pet's behind a paywall
1: <laughs> <laughs> no we can uh, we can make it public. Um, we'll, we'll share, um, pictures of all of our pets. How about that?
2: Sure. Oh. Uh, But (laughs) if you don't have, if you don't have a, a few extra bucks to spare, feel free to just tell a friend. The best way to experience swords and satire cheer is talking about it with your friends.
0: Yeah, just have you tell 10 friends and then they each tell 10 friends. And then one of these days, this podcast will actually uh, make us a living.
2: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, part of that process is ensuring that you have 10 close friends. I was
3: going to (laughs) say, I don't know if I have 10 friends. Uh, Three of them are right here. So. (laughs) 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 I'm a little
0: screwed. But we're on the show so (laughs) I mean you can't tell us about it. (laughs) Hey guys have you heard about your great (laughs) podcast that you make?
3: (laughs) Exactly. That's my
0: point. (laughs) That's nice. (laughs) Loki must have gotten jealous that Fergus
2: came in because he just came and sat on my lap. Yes. (laughs) Babe the ass of your witcher. (laughs)
0: <laughs> rub, rub the ass, rub the ass with camel. Massage, yes. Well, guys, until next time. Hail Crom.